0: We'll
1: the great Scott show espn lafayette the best ticket in sports joining me now the host along with several co-hosts the main host of the saints happy hour podcast writer columnist saints historian my friend ralph malbro at saints forecast on twitter uh joining us here on this tuesday morning ralph and um yeah, where to even begin? I, I want to first off. Good morning, man. How are you feeling?
0: Good. Good morning. I want to say, can I just say, Mickey Loomis, you are a tremendous human being. The Saints need to run their offseason every year like this, Scott. We're going to get to June and still have Saints content. I love this idea. Don't do it. Don't do anything in the beginning of free agency. We talk about the draft and how the Saints aren't doing anything all the way up to the draft. Then after the draft, make all your moves. Get us to June, which same season we all take a little vacation, get a little rest. Boom, training camp is here. We're ready to go. I love it. This Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Loomis should be on the Mount Rushmore for like sports radio and podcast like content. This is a dream off season, man. I love it. It,
1: it it's been unprecedented. I can't remember an off season like this one where. You know, I don't know that the Tyron Matthews signing was a surprise. It just because it always felt like it could happen. Uh, I said early in the off season, I think it would be a good idea to sign Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. It surprised me in terms of just how late in the game it was. I didn't think it was going to happen. Trading for two first round picks on this draft was a huge surprise when it happened. Right, and then they explained why, and uh-huh. folks still have their thoughts on whether it was good or bad. Time will tell, whatever. But yeah, it wasn't like it, they they came out of the gate like gangbusters, and there was all this stuff happening, and they were cut. It was your usual guys converted this contract to a, a bonus, you know, salary, base salaries. This frees up this yeah. much cash. Pay. It was a lot of that early, but man, did it pick up late. It it, it was like. It was not like an Expendables movie where there's a giant action scene and the rest <laughs> of it's just kind of glitter and glam and, you know, nostalgia. It was starting out slow, but, boy, there was some. There's some been some pretty pretty big action scenes out of nowhere in this analogy.
0: It, it, it has been. I mean, it kind of started with the trade, right? It was like a Monday, like 3.30. I was in like New Orleans going, going to the national like,
1: championship game. Someone texted me, and I thought they were messing with me. I'm like, oh, you're yeah, right. They're like, yeah, no, think- seriously, <laughs> check it out.
0: I was like, what? I think you got God on the Twitter. They're like, no, man, they traded with the Eagles and they have two first round picks. I'm like, wow. But the thing with the Saints, and this is a pet peeve that I've been yelling at people. People are like, oh my God, Sean Payton, he held the Saints back. They didn't make any free agent moves the last three, four years. And Dennis Allen, he's making moves. He's getting stuff done. I'm like, this is no, like the, the name Honey Badger and Jarvis Sandy, like they get us excited and we can talk about the specifics in a minute. Like I'm incredibly excited about those two guys, but like the Saints' process as hasn't been any different, like the last five years, what have they done? They've been super aggressive in the draft, but in free agency, like they do stuff cap wise to make it work and they go and they sort of you know, Loomis-Math, but they don't shop for big-name free agents. The difference is this year, Scott, like, the free agents they wanted, like, took their offers. Like, this is no different than in 2020. They literally did this. They signed Malcolm Jenkins at safety and Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver. But the guys they did it for this year, like, we know them. It's Jarvis Landry and Honey Badger, so we're over the moon. So it's no different. The thing is, it just sort of fell the same way. I mean, they've chased these free agents that they, these big names that they wanted at their price, right? Like in like twenty eighteen they wanted they wanted Jimmy Graham to come back, but the Packers blew their offer out of the water, right? So that didn't work. They wind and dine in Dominican Sue. That didn't work. They tried to use Cleveland Brown Cat County, right? So they've done these they've tried to do these things with these veteran free agents, but it was always at their price and it just didn't work out. But this year, like it just everything just kind of fell right for them, and it just happened in May. But I'm going to tell you, Scott, like this team, like they are really, they're going to be really, really fun. I, I, I haven't been this excited for a Saints season probably since 20. I would say probably since 2018. Wow, when you knew they were going to be good and it's going to be fun.
1: Let me ask you this: the and maybe you're the wrong guy to ask when it comes to the psychology of a Saints fan. Maybe you're the right guy. I don't know. You're either really (laughs) on or really off. But um, right. With that preface, do you do you kind of go like I, I mentioned last season as not having big expectations, and so yeah, the you know the the losing streak was not fun, and and whenever they were mm-hmm. playing you know the Dolphins with a JV USFL squad that wasn't fun, but I I enjoyed a lot of parts of last season, mm-hmm. um, and part of it was because you know, nation wasn't Super Bowl or bust. And in 2018, it was a blast at times, but it was really stressful because it was like every game was like, you got to get the one seed. Mm-hmm. You just, every play, I, you know what I mean? The stress level was high. You drank a lot yeah. more that season is my point. Yeah. With these recent signings, are you still going into this season with a little bit of uh maybe house money is too strong of a phrase, but has have the expectations changed your approach to this season? Because for me, I guess they've changed them a little, but not enough for me to go into this season the way I did in 2018. Like I, I agree with yeah. you that I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and these recent signings haven't made me say, "Oh my god, you know, Super Bowl or bust." Because I, I don't, I don't think that's the case. To be clear, yeah. now I think in the NFC it's not very good, and go having your wide receivers go from the the you know, the doghouse or the outhouse to the penthouse. That's a that's a mm-hmm. that's a big difference there, Ralph. So from a psychology standpoint, have the last couple of weeks changed your approach from a fandom standpoint when you look at next season for the Saints?
0: I wouldn't say like my expectation changed in a sense of like I, I still like you still don't know. I think this I think they've raised their floor a little bit. Like I think Before their floor was kind of, it was kind of shaky, and you could be like, it could kind of may fall through. They don't want to have paint, and it could be, you know, maybe they're picking in the in like the seven to ten range if it all goes wrong. But I think they've raised their floor a little bit. They're probably like a seven. The floor is probably seven eight wins now, which is good. But I don't know that my expectations have changed. Like I'm not Super Bowl bust. You know, that That would be silly. But I will say. I will tell you, my, the, the way that my this, this the last few weeks have changed my outlook for the season is I am more invested in this Saints team than maybe the entire time that we've had this podcast because I am fighting with the analytics nerds on Twitter. I am calling them out by name uh, and yelling at them because they hate the Saints draft. They hate the Saints move. The Saints do everything they hate. They trade up. They go reckless with the cap. So the nerds do not want the Saints to win. They have made that clear. They had a podcast. They rated the Saints off, uh, front office as one of the worst in the NFL. So I have tasked my, our producer of our podcast, the great Thomas in Poland. I said, Thomas, your job is to create me a folder, and I want you to keep all the receipts of all these draft nerds. Every time they say something bad about the Saints, a trade, whatever, I want you to keep it, and we're going to have these receipts. And when the Saints win – we are coming with the receipts, baby. We are going to attack these people. So now I'm, I'm invested in the Saints in a way that I haven't been in a while. Like, I, let Olave catch two touchdowns the first week, Scott. I'm going to be insufferable. Like, I'm ready. I'm invested in this team. They have, they've got to be good. They got to make the playoffs because I, I, want to rip all of the haters.
1: Well, you're a petty guy. And, uh, I'm petty. It's... I'm from
0: New Orleans. I just, it's in me.
1: Ralph Balbroa of the Saints Happy Hour podcast, our guest. Um, from a fit standpoint, I think Tyron Matthews is a great fit. Now, there's more of a commitment there, right? Dennis Allen loves uh, safeties mm-hmm. that are, you know, multi-versatile, can play up to the line, can play back. He's got a number of guys that are, you know, they're they're multi-tool D-backs. He's got a lot of them in the secondary. It felt like a good fit. From a Jarvis Landry standpoint, when the, when the offseason started, I just said, why not go out and sign him? You create a cap space because he's great in the slot, right? Um, mm-hmm. Last year was the first time he, he he dealt with an injury. He played through it. It clearly clearly it affected him, though. Mm-hmm. But it just—I was looking at the receiving core last year and saying, "Well, yeah, like why why wouldn't you?" This it, it had nothing to do with where he was from. It was just you can get a really good slot receiver and you need it. Then you know the time passes. He wants twenty mil. Saints draft Alave. I, I kind of just was like, I don't know. I, I hadn't even really thought about it. Like I was like, I guess at some point he'll sign somewhere for a team that just wants to dole out the money. A uh, one year Friday, wasn't it? Six million dollars? Yeah. Like like a, a deal where he's like, I just want to go somewhere. And he views the Saints, despite what they have now, as somewhere he can get the numbers and have the kind of season where he can then hit the market again next offseason. And I don't. I I, I he's viewing it as a good fit. I was not expecting it on that deal, a prove it deal, uh, for a guy that, you know, is 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 good for a culture. And, you know, you bring in that, like I said with Matthew, kind of the icing on the cake. The cake is, mm-hmm. the, is the is the you know, the, the, the cake is the good part. The icing is that's the LSU, that's the I'm from New Orleans, that's the, you know, coming back home, all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the cake itself, you just got a really good slot receiver. I mean, your one, two, and three receivers last year are now four, five, and six on the
0: depth chart. Yeah, and, and it gives them it gives them it gives them wiggle room in this sense is like with without Jarvis Landry, right? If we had a, a news reports like, oh, Michael Thomas, setback, he might not be ready for week one, but, and he's like, I'm going to be sorry, don't worry about it, but it, but it's a little bit of setback. Without without Landry, we'd be like, oh no, now we got we they got to have a lava. and it, but now it'd be like, okay. It's not great news if Michael Thomas has a specific, but, but it's okay. We can be, it's, It'll be okay. Like that, that's the, the reason that, that La- the Landry signing is so huge. And from his point of view, Scott, is if the Saints are good, and even if let's just say they're not a Super Bowl team, but let's say they're a playoff team and they go 10-7, and seven, right, and they win a playoff game, but Jarvis Landry is instrumental down the stretch and has a big playoff game, he'll get a nice contract next off season. A team will say, look, he caught sixty five balls for the Saints that, that went ten and seven and won a playoff game. And he caught five balls in a touchdown in a playoff game. We need a veteran receiver. Let's pay him pay him two years twenty one million, you know, if you're the if you're a team with a young quarterback or whatever. So I think it's, it, it it definitely has benefits to him too. And you look around, like if you if you're him, you're gonna go to Baltimore where Lamar Jackson is their receiver, of course, not great, but Lamar Jackson Baltimore isn't known for necessarily throwing the ball all over the place. The, I was just like, you're surprised. I didn't think that he would, the Saints would, that he would be a fan of what they had done. But again, he took the Saints off of one year, six million. You can't say no. And the Saints just keep adding pieces. And this team, they have set up Jameis Scott to where, the thing that I love most about this is they've set him up to where we'll know Like if, 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 if everybody's healthy and it works out relatively well, health-wise, we'll get an answer on Jameis. Like there's no excuses. Right. And that's a good thing for the Saints because the last thing you want is to go through this year, no matter what happens, right. Whether you go to the playoffs or whatever, the last thing you want, the worst case scenario for me is Saints get to the end of this year. And we're like, Jameis, I don't know. I, I still don't know. Like you, If the Saints get an answer on Jameis one way or the other, that's a positive development for this year. And now they've set him up. No excuses, Jameis. You got weapons. You got a line. And we'll get an answer on whether he's the guy or not. And I think that's a good thing.
1: Ralph Malbrough at Saints Forecast on Twitter, our guest host of the Saints Happy Hour podcast, columnist for WWLTV.com and Saints historian. And Ralph, um, you mentioned Jameis Winston. He was the latter part of a number of memes trending Sunday evening when Drew Brees <laughs> decided. Here, here's the thing. I, I'll say the, the same thing about Drew Brees on social media that I said to you about Kirk Cousins. He is as basic and bland as it gets. He is the Times New Roman font yeah. of, you know, social media posting. It's, you know, a little bit of wholesome content about the family and then, you know, something to get a paycheck, Right, and that—that's kind of Kirk Cousins, nice guy, wholesome guy, but just kind of basic, right? Kind of bland. Can get the job done at times, but there's no sizzle there. That's Drew Brees, about as boring as it gets. So, when when he even even when he tweeted out. You know the Saints signing Matthew and Jarvis Landry makes me want to return to playing. Man, great guys, great leaders. Even that wasn't the troll. That was just we had. That's that's just think about it. That's Drew Brees. Like he would say something nice about someone, especially with the Saints, and and that's yeah. You know it, it wasn't like man, I want to. And then so I was just like, come on, y'all, like just don't don't listen don't don't be ridiculous. But then he gets on Twitter and says, this is. Of course, everyone knows this, but just a rehash. After the NBC report that he was out after 1 year and and wasn't, you know, as good as NBC thought he'd be. He says, "Despite speculation from media about my future this fall, I'm currently undecided. I may work for NBC. I may play football again. I may focus on business and philanthropy. I may train for the pickleball tour, senior golf tour, coach my kids or all of the above. I'll let you know." That immediately looks like a troll job on social media, but that is not Breeze's M.O. So I was like, what? Like, what's what's going yeah. on here? I mean, I, it, it made for some good content, but what did you make of uh, Drew Breeze's uh, Sunday uh, thumb day that he had
0: earlier well, this the, week? Well, the first thing I did while I was sitting by the, the swimming pool watching my son swim is, I went on I went on Google and I got the the, 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 the the angry girlfriend meme of the of the woman looking at her boyfriend looking at another woman yeah. and I made the meme of the angry girlfriend is Jameis, the boyfriend looking at the other girl is Saints fan and the other girl is Drew Reese talking about this talking about playing again. Um, here's the thing with Drew and I feel for him in this way is like he... Isn't and 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 this comes from for the TV. Like I know, like TV is really hard, and I'm terrible at it. The thing is, on TV, made Drew Brees great is like I'm gonna practice, I'm gonna outwork you, and that's what's gonna make me great. But that doesn't that doesn't guarantee you success on TV. Like TV, you have to have like this warm, engaging, interesting personality. And, a, and sort of an ability to, like, go with the flow and ad-lib. And those skills are not things he really has off the field. Um, so I don't know if he'll ever be good at TV, but the thing is, like, he's, he's cooked. I mean, he, he had he has shoulder surgery in May, according to Peter King. It was on his left shoulder, granted. So he's just trolling us. Um but he, it was fun. It was he's fun. a lunatic, it was fun though.
1: A night. He's he's a lunatic. Like there was a very small part of me, Ralph. Not it didn't last yes. long. Where I was like, he there's a small like I feel like even though he is trolling, there is a part of him that thinks he can do it. Now oh, you know it, he he can't do it with the Saints, and it would be bad. And and look, he wasn't he wasn't even bad in his last season. I mean, folks, I think you know. Yes, he can't throw it far. Okay, yeah, but look at everything else. But. He really was like that prize fighter that still had it mentally in the ring, but just physically, you know, couldn't keep up. I mean, that was got, that's got what it. he looked like. He's he was he can't yeah. come back and play at forty three. Uh, Dennis you Allen know, it, said yesterday. I think he was just saying it in jest, <laughs> but man, it uh, it made for it made for some fun content. It
0: did. I, I will say this. It, in a world where, like, the Saints didn't have J- Jameis and their quarterback situation was a mess. If, it was, if yeah. Drew was let's, – let's play this out. If he, if he was – if the Saints didn't have their quarterback, if it wasn't settled at all, right, and Drew's like, hey, I want to come back. Like, I think he would come back, and I think for, like, four to six weeks, if you plugged him into this Saints offense, like, he would be really good. Like, he – like, it doesn't matter that he can only throw the ball five yards. Like, he would still be really good. The problem for Drew – is his body is falling apart. Remember when Contavious Street, New Saints defensive tackle, crushed him and turned his ribs to powder? Like, the problem with Drew isn't his arm. I mean, it would be a problem later, maybe later on in the year when you get into elite and playoffs and all that. The problem isn't his arm strength. The problem is the rest of his body is just, falling apart because unless you're Tom Brady when you hit 40 in the NFL like that's what happened sure like, it's normal
1: that, right? remember remember Brett it's Favre normal, at 41 like... in the playoffs how yeah. you know uh, the the it were 40 and then the next season of 41 he was everyone's, was like, oh he's gonna do it again he's no he's not he's 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 got the body he's at cooked. this point of a 60 year old because yeah. of all the pills and all the beatings he's taken so yeah the only way Brees would ever play again is if late in a season the Saints lost Winston and Andy Dalton and they called him and he was just like yeah. you know what f it let's go that's the only way but and even that i think might not actually i'm not as confident as you that it would it would it would work out even for a few weeks i have no idea the mere the mere fact that he even considered it last year when the Saints asked him to come play for one game when they were putting him behind a line that they literally sized up and you know their starting right tackle for that game that they signed off the street that day tells me he's insane. The fact that he wouldn't consider that is, <laughs> is 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 ludicrous. Um no look it's Jameis Winston is the QB and getting back to your point, he now has enough on the offense where the Saints will this is it. This we we all thought that last year would be the showcase for Jameis to show whether or not you know he would get another another contract that would be a, a committed relationship. Right? And mm-hmm. he, he didn't, you know, he remain he got hurt and, you know, last year was crazy and he kind of remained the, the, the booty call for the saints in, in a number of ways. And maybe there was a little bit more commitment, like, okay, we're more than that. Maybe we'll make it Facebook official, but they're not, they ain't running to the altar and this season, they're going to know enough about each other, I think to really make that Decision of whether or not they're they're going to commit or not, you know, barring injury. But even if he is, you know, if he does get re-injured, then that that kind of, I guess, that decides it as well. So let me let me start over. I really think this season, as far as Jameis Winston goes for his NFL future as a starter, it's make or break for him, and that's not the focus of the Saints, you know, fandom right now. And what they're talking about on social media, they're talking about Jarvis Landry and Tyron Matthew and, and the draft picks and all this other stuff and the schedule. But I think for Jameis Winston, this is this is it for him. This is his chance to continue his career as a starter after this season or basically go to, you know, serviceable backup who a team will, you know, a losing team will have start half a season.
0: That's exactly right. And, and the thing is with him, that it's sort of unfair, but, like, even if he gets injured, like, it doesn't matter. Like, cause if he gets injured, then teams are going to be like, he's injured two years in a row. He's damaged good. Yeah. Right. So, 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 and that's not, that's completely unfair for him, but that's where it is. Like, this is it for Jameis. Like it, it's, and listen, some guys, that's what happens. They just, it, they can't stay healthy and it just doesn't work out. Kind of like Mariota. Like he, he kind of, he had moments where he was really, he looked like he could be something, something, maybe something special in Tennessee and wherever, but he just, he couldn't stay healthy. And he's and his career is just like a backup or bridge guy. And that's where Jameis is. and, The thing is for the Saints, though, is like I mentioned earlier, is they have put the pieces in place for him. Like, Scott, if Olave is what they think he can be, then you have a receiving core that can cook. And all the Saints really need at left tackle, they don't need Penning to be Ramchek of 2017. They just need Penning slash Hurst to be okay, right? They just need it to be... They need it to be better than Charles Brown level in twenty thirteen. That's they need that, that they need it to be better than that. If it's better than that, their offense is gonna be really, really good. Because here's the thing. You know it, teams in the NFL they don't have three and four corners. And I don't I'm not an X's and O's guy, but let me tell you something. The Saints, you put Jamison empty or like one uh, or you 11 personnel, which it one tight end, one running back. Good luck. You got Olave, Michael Thomas, and Landry. You put Kamara in motion. You maybe have Taysom on in the slot. Good luck team with bad corners. You're going to get cooked. Like, so the Saints are going to do business on offense and it's just up to Jamison to make it work and do what he did last year where he didn't turn the ball over. But he's got to be more accurate in the short to medium range passes. They got to be better on third down. Um, so we'll see. But the thing is, you can't really say now that the Saints have a lot of gaping holes. Like they have, they have question marks.
1: Tight end, end is a hole. Tight end is a gaping yes. hole.
0: Well, tight a even tight hole. end. Yeah. No, at no, least no, no. at least with tight end, I can say to you, well. Taysom can be the guy. Like they, they have maybe. Hopefully, I, I don't
1: want to. I, I don't want to just. Uh, uh, hopefully, but the mere fact that that's where they're putting him, I think, tells you a lot about the tight end situation.
0: I worry about Taysom being able to hold up. Like physically, his whole issue, his whole career in college and NFL, like his body, the surgeries that he's had have been incredible, and I just worry that he. Post thirty, like he's not going to be able to hold up at tight end because tight end is a very physical position, and we'll see. And he's got the two damaged feet, and that's my biggest that's my biggest concern with Taysom. I think Taysom will be a serviceable tight end, but my question is, how many games do we get? Like how 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 many of those serviceable games is Taysom going to give us? It might be fourteen. It might be. You know, And then if he gets hurt, then it becomes a black hole of sadness.
1: Ralph Malboro, our guest, ESPN Lafayette, uh, final thing for you. I just want to – I mentioned Jarvis Landry, one year, six mil. It could be up to six mil. It's million. Another three million incentives based on individual stats. I still can't believe it's on that deal. I also think he uh, vastly overrated his market value and fired right. his – his agent, because he wanted 20 mil a year, he ends up getting three with the potential to double it based on incentives, one-year deal. All that being said, fit-wise, it, it, it makes sense. The Saints, over the last few weeks, have, have changed, I guess, the expectation for them in 2022. You and I, I went on your podcast last week, the day mm-hmm. the schedule came out. We always knew the who and the where, and we learned the when. And the win makes a big difference, right? I mean, I think the Buffalo Bills far and away have the best schedule because of the win. And when you look deeper inside of it, they are plus 13 in days of rest advantage over their opponents. Plus 13. I mean, the Packers, oh, the NFL loves the Packers. They're like minus 13. They're like they are on the wrong side of it. The Pats are minus – like – all of those things make yeah. it different. The Saints are kind of in the middle, but yeah. it's you you like the way the schedule is laid out. I uh, had some issues here and there and there's some critical marks, but give our listeners your thoughts on, on the schedule well, layout and then we'll let you run.
0: My 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 theory on the schedule is is you can't predict how good or bad teams are, right? So some people say, Oh, the schedule doesn't matter. But here's the thing that matters to me. The, the I look at the early people, right? Because that's the beginning of the year, you want to get off to a good start. And I look at the teams the Saints play, and I look at the quarterbacks. Because if you if you play a good quarterback, you know if that quarterback plays, that's going to be a hard game. But the thing is with the Saints, their schedule sets up really, really well quarterback-wise. Opening week, it's Atlanta. Mariota or Ritter, yes, please, even though it's on the road, Atlanta's not going to be fired up about that season. You may have 20 25,000 Saints fans there. Second week. You get Tom Brady, That's C.D. Deuce's grown son, Tommy. The Saints own the box, right? And then you get you have C, you, then you have Carolina, Sam Darnold or Matt Corral. Oh yes, please. Then you go to London, Kirk Cousins. He's a good quarterback, but like he doesn't scare you. Then you come home, you get Seattle, Drew Locke, or maybe it's Baker Mayfield. Yes, please. Like that's that's as a very very good start for the year from Saints five weeks you should be three and two or better with that setup with those quarterbacks so that's what I like about the schedule now they have some other parts in the schedule where you play in, the, in November where you have a, a really rough stretch where you play the Rams and Tampa and the Eagle and you know the, you end with the Eagle so they have a lot of rough stretches the rest of the way but the setup the first five weeks I really really like
1: Ralph Malbro is super confident this morning. We caught a, uh, if the Saints start out, zero and two, we'll see if we can find them in the drinking hole that he will certainly, I'm not expecting that by the way. Um, well, Scott, it,
0: let, it, me tell you, let me tell you something. I'm really confident because I'm feeling great about the Saints. They signed LSU players, which we love the Astros are winning. So my wife is happy. The only thing that's Sport that has me down sports-wise, and I know uh, probably your listeners probably don't care, but I like soccer. English Premier League soccer, <laughs> and in English Premier League soccer, tanking is not allowed. If your team's terrible, you get relegated, and you get put out the league, and my team is on the verge of getting put out of the EPL. Imagine the Saints. If they had all their massive cap and financial issues, and they were so bad they were going to get kicked down to NFL AAA, and be relegated to a relevancy forever or the next decade. Like, that's my soccer team. So, like, I have to – it's like watching the 99 Ditka Saints, but, like, every game is life and death.
1: It's That's, a, that's, a, that's terrible. <laughs> anyone. 99, I was just like, can Ashley Ambrose awful. have a good enough game to maybe be a pro bowler because what else are we going to root for? You don't even have a first-round pick, no. all bad, and is terrible, and – if it was also, oh, yeah, and if you don't win four games, you'll be relegated, oof. Yeah, that sound, that <laughs> sounds miserable. But you know what? Maybe it's a pendulum, right? It swings to the other side, and that, that's why you're you're overly confident in this.
0: That's right. But, but listen, what do we want from the Saints fandom? Like, as a Saints fan, what do we want? We want it to be fun. We want it to be interesting. And when they add LSU players and they go get players in the draft. It makes it fun. It makes it interesting. I mean, I applaud the Saints. Instead of doing, like, the, 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 the analytics nerds and all the people want, oh, let's, if you're not going to win the Super Bowl, you ought to tear it down and do a full rebuild. Nicky a room. like, no, we're not doing a full rebuild. We're going to try to win in an NFC that's terrible. We're going to build a team, and we're going to continue to try to win. And it's actually, I think, Scott, one of the hardest things to do in the NFL is transition from your great coach and your great quarterback to what's next and not burn it to the ground and start completely from scratch, yet continue to win. I think it's one of the hardest tricks in the book, and I'll tell you what, if Mickey Loomis pulls it off and the Saints get to the playoffs this year again, I think it's probably one of his best CMs, uh, maybe arguably better than what he did in 2009 to build the Super Bowl team. Uh, that's how difficult that's how difficult this trick is they're trying to pull off. But I applaud them for trying. It makes it much more interesting than say being a Falcon
1: fan. Oh, there's no question about that. Ralph <laughs> Malbro has been our guest at Saints Forecast on Twitter, uh, Saints writer for WWLTV.com, dot com, and of course uh, host of the Saints Happy Hour podcast, along with Andrew Juge and Dave and Kevin and I uh, always enjoy when I get to get on there and chop it up with you guys on occasion. But if you're not listening to the Saints Happy Hour podcast and you're a Saints fan, then you're doing it wrong. Go subscribe, check it out. You'll enjoy it. Trust me. Ralph, is always, a man, I appreciate the time, love the confidence, and uh, I know I'll be talking to you soon.
0: Anytime, Scott.
1: You got it. That is Ralph Malboro. Up next, my conversation with Louisiana Raging Cajun softball third baseman Jordan Campbell as the Cajuns get ready for the Clemson Regional. Coach Glasgow coaching from afar right now as he deals with COVID. We'll discuss that. We'll discuss with Jordan in a short conversation. Kind of her journey, right? Comes from A&M. She's starting at third base, has some struggles fielding, gets off of it for a little bit, is back on it. Confidence sky high. She never lost that confidence. She'll explain why when we come back right after this. Jay Walker in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk Diamond Sports, NBA hoops, terrible tune Tuesday and more. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show on a Tuesday (laughs) morning. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm on the
0: edge and I'm on the break. You got the press and I got the plates. We press the 20s up by the crate make it happen.